Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to the Arrowhead Kingdom Chiefs class, live from the Wolf Den. I'm Chris. And I'm Josh, and today we're going to be talking the offseason and the Arrowhead Kingdom column. Big reminder that all Chiefs fans are invited to join us for game day. Visit arrowheadkingdom.org to learn more about the group and to find your local chapter. And also, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Today, we'll be talking about your Kansas City Chiefs with a member of the Arrowhead South chapter coming out of West Palm Beach in Florida, Brent Lawler. Welcome, Brent. Thank you. Glad to be here. And we're, of course, presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Please visit them at completewedo.com. And I'll echo what Chris said. Welcome, Brent. And let's start with a, a little bit of Arrowhead South. So Arrowhead South has been something that took on a life of its own uh, 13 chapters throughout all the different Gulf states across the South. And now we've rolled into this whole Arrowhead Kingdom thing. So tell us about uh, yourself a little bit, where you came from, how you made it down into Florida and your experience with Arrowhead South at this point. Well, for 26 years of my life, I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. As uh, far as I can remember, four or five years old, being a big Chiefs fan. Uh, one of my favorite players was Joe Delaney. If I remember right, the big running back that came yep. that came out and unfortunately lost his life in 1983. But I just remember liking him and watching him play. Uh, my dad was a uh, warehouse manager at Avon back when they were in Kansas City, and he got tickets to the Chiefs games all the time. And I remember one game vividly just uh, watching Walter Payton and Joe Delaney play at Arrowhead Stadium in rain. I don't remember. I think it was 81 or 82, but uh, – just, uh, just grew up being a Chiefs fan. Love the Chiefs. Um, late 80s, early 90s. Got to go to a lot of games because one of my dad's friends had season tickets. And then he decided his grandson was old enough to start attending, so I didn't get to go. So what's the best thing I did? I joined the Chiefs organization and became a security guard on game day. So from 94 to 99, I worked for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I got to meet a lot of players. Got to meet Derek Thomas, probably one of my greatest Chiefs of all time. And, uh, and then from there, I graduated from college and started moving south, southern Missouri, uh, Arkansas, and then just had an opportunity to move to Florida and move to Clearwater, Florida, still became, you know, still love my Chiefs and traveled to Texas, California, but ended right back in Florida. So down here in South, South Florida. So I'm married. I have uh, three kids, uh, five grandkids. So two, two kids still at home, a 14-year-old and a soon-to-be 12-year-old. Uh, the 14-year-old, I guess I didn't raise right because, unfortunately, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I mean, I love him, but <laughs> that was a hard Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Wow, that's uh, man. I, uh, I, 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 I dread the thought of my kids uh, not growing up as Chiefs fans. I think we got them indoctrinated pretty young. Um, being able to take them to all these watch parties, I think, is a really good effect there because they're around uh they're around other kids that have that same thing and that provides a little bit of the uh power going into the the school time frame where i think that's really where you're at the biggest lot biggest risk for uh losing the captive audience to some degree <laughs> yeah we I, I dressed him up in chief's gear i mean he had a he had a matt castle jersey unfortunately i guess maybe that's where it started Dude. um but, uh, he had tony gonzalez jersey i mean and then you know, he wasn't really into football until he was about 
about 11 or 12 and he asked, you know, asked me what team. And I said, well, you know, in my heart, I would love for you to be a Chiefs fan, but he ended up choosing the Bucks. And it, he tells me Kansas City is his second favorite team. So got I'll it. go with that. So. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was Matt Castle's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm okay calling that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, okay. So, so part of Arrowhead South, but you mentioned a couple other interesting things. So you got to see a game with Joe Delaney and Walter Payton play. Yes. That's great. Yep. Is that your, is that your favorite chief's memory? Um, no, it's not my, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of chief's memories, but that was my, my first memory of a game. I was probably, I want to say six or seven. It was that Arrowhead and the Chiefs beat the Raiders 28 to nothing. Um, you know, it was just one of those, I just can remember being in the stands and being up, up in the high seats. And I don't remember too much of the game, but I do remember a couple years later, no, that, that Joe, uh, Joe Delaney, Walter Payton game. I remember that. But I would have to say probably the, the best game I ever went to and we lost was the Derek Thomas seven sacks game. Sure. So just wow. watching Derek Thomas, man. And what, uh, you know, and then Craig throws that last touchdown pass and just 80,000 people just stopped screaming. I mean, you could hear a pin drop at Arrowhead that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, where, where are you sitting during that game? Uh, end zone. I was right there in the end zone. Uh, that was what, 90, 1990. So I was 16 years old. Yeah. So, um, you know, just sitting there being excited, thought he had his eighth sack and just watched the ball. And, and the only people you could hear screaming was the Seattle Seahawks cheering. I mean, that was – it was just weird. <laughs> but like I said, I had a lot – I've had a lot of memories over the years that when we beat the Bills on Monday Night Football, that was kind of the start of it. You know, Kansas City coming back to being a dominant force in the NFL under Marty Schottenheimer. Sure. You know, unfortunately, I haven't seen the Chiefs play in um, Arrowhead since probably 99, but I've seen them here in Florida and saw them in Houston, Texas one year. Got so, Got it, got it. So you work security at the stadium. What Did you have a gate that you were at, or what did that job look like? Tell us about that. I started in parking. I started in parking, you know, parking cars, and then the next seat, that was 94. That was Joe Montana's first year. Yep. And then his second year, I moved into player parking lot, and then I worked the field. So um, probably, the, probably the greatest thing was to get to meet Joe Montana personally. That was fun. And so, um, but yeah, I worked the player parking lot, and my job was actually to stand right next to Derek Thomas's car. What did Derek Thomas drive? It was a green, um, it was a Cadillac green. Um, I can't remember the make. Uh, what's their little sports car that they made. Sorry, I can't remember the, the maker model on it, but, uh, you know, had uh, ISAC QB's license plate. That's and great. So, yeah, he, Derek Thomas was awesome. We, we would have a big cookout after the game, and he came and sat with us one time and had a bratwurst with us and was talking and um, just very down-to-earth, very approachable. Um, the, other, the other guy, Neil Smith, he was, you know, my opinion, I, I won't say what my opinion was, but he never had time for fans, let's put it that way. Always had to catch a flight, he said. Gotcha. Derek would come out, he'd sign, he'd sign a few autographs, come and talk to us. Just really, you know, just really great guy. Good, you know, we, this franchise misses me still. So Derek Thomas, uh, so what you're saying is that we're, we're truly missing out on not having him as a, an ambassador and just part of the, so. part of everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I mean, he, you know, he, he kind of like Mahomes, man. I mean, he just, you know, the, the, the city just attached themselves to him. Yeah. And, um, 
and he kind of attached himself to the city. I mean, just one of those things. And then we haven't had really haven't had a player like that till Mahomes, honestly. I mean, we might add a few, but but not like not like Derek Thomas or Mahomes level, where you could say almost like Lynn Dawson level too. So yeah, I mean, I would say that Alex Smith tied himself to the city, but he wasn't this this meteoric force on the football field. I mean, Mahomes has this great combination of being the meteoric force on the football field and the magnetic personality off of it. And so you get the combination and then he's gone out and, and bought ownership stake and all the other local teams and he's bringing Whataburger to town. I mean, I personally prefer in and out over Whataburger. I'm just going to say that out loud. Um, but uh but uh, what what I don't like either one of them. So <laughs> I, I won't I won't throw Whataburger out of anything. I, I don't know if you've ever been up to Milwaukee, but we have a place up here called Cops, and um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people here that will die on the hill that they're better than than both of those. Um, nope. The one thing that I will say about it is they make uh, the best frozen custard, and I will die on that hill. Um, before I even moved here, I knew a guy who was born in San Diego who went to uh, UPenn. So an Ivy League school, and he ended up going to culinary school in I want to say Paris and New York. And he was getting ready to go to culinary school in New York, and he made a comment to me. He's like, "If you ever go to Milwaukee, go to a place called Cops K O P P S. It's the best frozen custard you'll ever have." So, I, I kind of went in with high expectations, and 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 still got blown away. <laughs> I've been to Milwaukee once. Got it. Uh, how long are you here for? It was the week before nine eleven jeez okay yeah so that's how i remember that yeah yeah man okay um yeah we've got uh we've got an anniversary of that coming up speaking of yeah yeah 20, uh, 20 years later oh yeah wow geez 20 years yeah yeah the thing that i think is interesting is um I, I think it's unfortunate we're seeing this taliban resurgence so we'll just kind of throw that out there that that has a very kind of eerie feeling to it but um just being part of like event service industry and everything. I, I can't think of a time that there's been a more dead day where people just don't want to do something than what that day is shaping up to be. Like nobody wants to have their wedding on nine 11. Nobody's trying to do, do anything. I think our, in our home opener on nine 11. It's on the 12th. It's on the 12th well, it's the day right. after. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, hoping that, Clark has something, you know, planned a, a nice tribute for that. And I'm, I'm up with the NFL, you know, comes, comes proper on that. I once, uh, I once flew on 9-11 on one of this, uh, like a few years ago, it was September 11th. I flew on that. And the person I sat next to, we talked about it for like an hour. And after an hour, I'm like, can we talk about something else now? I don't want to yeah, talk about this. Yeah. I think I'm I, over it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've flown on 9-11, I think three times. And that's uh, generally a pretty quick day through the airport. Um, understandably yeah, but uh fine. that day i want to say the uh the taxes and, and fees on uh flights are, are usually 2x or it's, it's like the week leading up to it so um that's interesting have uh have any of you guys been to the uh, memorial in pennsylvania i haven't i'm not so i was on a road trip um to philadelphia and on the way back uh we saw the sign and uh, i want to say it was about an hour and a half drive off the freeway to get there and um i don't really know what to say other than just uh, completely completely worth it if you ever get the opportunity to drive out there uh, highly recommend it like it was correct yeah yeah they've done uh that was in the tower 
um, she was in the second tower and um, she lives in Florida now. And when she worked for me, she would, uh, she'd tell me, look, I won't be in until after the second tower time. And I said, what do you mean? She told me, she goes, I was in the tower working and got out. And so she, um, that's a day of mourning um, for her. She lost a lot of coworkers that day and the job she was doing then. Yeah, geez. Um, no, I remember, uh, this is the last thing I'll say on this note. Um, I remember going to a national convention for the fraternity in college and the guy who was um, essentially the, the head professional running a collegiate fraternity because there really is a big team of, of people that have full-time jobs to do stuff like that. His um, fiance was uh, working in the tower and he like talked to her on the phone in the morning and never saw her again. So yeah, just uh, crazy, crazy stuff. But yeah, totally, totally understand where your where your employee was coming from. Um, so to get back to a little bit of uh, a little bit of football, um, you obviously have a ton of uh, good good memories. So Chris and Brian, what are your guys' favorite kind of pre this uh, Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid era? What what are your favorite Chiefs memories? Uh, Chris, I'll defer to you first and think about it. It's gonna be a weird one. But and Brent, you were probably at this game. It was the, um, I guess it would have been a divisional game in 1997 against John Elway and the Broncos. And the only reason why it was so memorable to me is not the outcome. Screw the outcome. But just, I mean, that is the loudest atmosphere I have ever been in in my life was that game. I mean, and I've been to games, you know, after that. But I mean... I, I just I still like to find that game every now and then just to watch like the first half, just how electric that atmosphere was. Um, so yeah, that that always stands out to me is just you know just, Arrowhead is just such an incredible place. Is that the Pete Stoyanovich fifty-yard field goal for the win? No, it was a playoff game when they oh, lost fourteen playoff, to yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was at both those games, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I was at the Stoyanovich game, but unfortunately, no. I, I still to this day wonder why we faked that field goal. But anyway. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we Louis Aguirre running around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I mean, of I this know, in that game. I mean, if Stoyanovich can't kick that far, then, you know, I just, uh, go for anyway. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, kick the field goal. It's what, 14 13? I mean, our defense was playing mm-hmm. lights out. We stopped them. We're, we're in for field goal range. We didn't have Lynn Elliott. He was gone. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, God. Don't that name. He will not be named, yes. <laughs> yeah, Voldemort. Voldemort. When Voldemort missed the field goal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I left that game at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I, after he – I think he missed – I think he missed the field goal in the first half, and I went, I'm out. Yeah. That was – that was – Maybe the toughest game I remember ever watching. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I could probably name some other ones, and I won't for my own sanity. But that was a really, really tough game. Yeah, that Colts game was horrible. It was. Uh, I was at I was at that game. I was at that yeah. game. I had the a game. Oh, not that one. No, I was at the. No, you were at the. the I was at Luck. the. I was at the thirteen one crap yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was at that one. Oh, the thirty-eight ten. Yeah, yeah, that would be the one. That'd be the one. Um, sitting behind. Uh, last game to watch. That was what. That was my dad's last game to watch alive. Oh, that was man. 
And, uh, and, he, and I'm a huge Chiefs fan because of him. Yeah, that was like he could have just held on, you know, a few more years. He could have see a Super Bowl. But I cried when the Super when we won the Super Bowl because I just thought of him. Yeah, awesome. for sure. For sure. He yeah. called me at halftime. He's like, I think we got this game won. And I said, uh, I, I don't know. I said, we, we've got a few injuries, but hopefully we can hold on. We didn't. So t- talking about that game, what, what is your most lasting memory of that game? Let, let's take a bad trip here now that we have a Super Bowl that's exercised this demon. <laughs> um, well, you brought up Alex Smith. Let's put it, I appreciate Alex Smith, what he did for Kansas City. He stabilized the quarterback position a position we haven't had stability in a while. I mean, Trent Green, but um, outside of that, you know, we've had a few starters here and there. The one thing I just didn't like about Alex Smith was he, and we saw it in the Titans playoff game. He'd have a great first half and he would just disappear in the second half. Um, I don't know if it was because he wasn't going to take more chances. I don't know if it was coaching, but it just seemed like that second half, 38 to 10, you know, we didn't move the ball as well. I know we had a few injuries, but it was strip sack too. That was big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and that was one thing about him. You know, we, we watched Patrick, man. He's still trying to make a play, eyes down the field. Yeah. Out to tuck the ball, fall to the ground. He tried to run, you know, and before the play even developed. I mean, but yeah, I just remember that, just that game just being a second half disaster. I mean, yeah the, the two the, well i'm gonna throw three memories out from that one. First of all uh the white trash sitting in front of us with the purple tongues for or the blue tongues from all the shots they were taking before that uh uh woman that tried to start a fist fight with my wife and we were holding our four-month-old daughter that was uh her i guess she would have been six or seven months old at that time so that's a lasting memory um the uh the second thing was uh after the game when Dwayne Bow essentially made a comment that he uh, could have hurt himself and caught that last ball, but he, he didn't feel like it. So he didn't, you know, that's a, that's a lasting memory, but I just remember that fumble that went into Andrew Luck's hands. And I just remember sitting there and and it felt like it was in slow motion because I was watching it. And the first thing that I thought of, I'm just like, shit, we're going to lose this game. Yeah. Like at that, at that, at that, at that moment, I'm like, we're going to lose this game. I knew it was it. And, and, we're going to have to watch that stupid play on every NFL films production from here to kingdom come when they're talking about the uh, rise of Andrew luck. And, you know, it's immediately like, why didn't we suck for luck in 2012? What was, what was wrong with us? How do we not see this where this is going? And, uh, you know, I'd rather have him than Eric Fisher and blah, 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 but uh, you know, everything's worked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, Brian favorite uh, chiefs memory pre uh, pre Mahomes and Andy Reid era. So pre uh 2013 yeah, I, was, I was looking that's probably the first game i ever went to with my dad whenever i was 10 years old it was in uh i remember being the chiefs versus bills game and i'm looking at what what it, it was a regular season game so this is back when the bills i think they, they went four in a row and they lost four in a row which gave us that great line from that movie uh <laughs> heavyweights he goes he, ch- he choked like the bills in the super bowl or something like that. Get that movie. <laughs> I love um, that movie. <laughs> yeah, <man>. great movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I, I think I found it here. It's November twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three. Chiefs first Bills, and it looks like the Chiefs won that game as a regular season game, and mm-hmm. they, were eight, they were both eight and three at the time. So wow, we must have been. I so uh, I, 
I remember, uh, like, I don't know if it's because of video games, but I remember like being a huge fan of Nick Lowry just for some reason. I was just really big on Nick Lowry, uh, maybe because he, you know, he used uh, ice in his veins, right? I didn't even remember. I remember reading like, you know, obviously this is before uh, we could watch any highlight we wanted on the internet and YouTube and all that. Like, I had like had to get buy books that like broke down like the his like great kicks he had to make to like you know get to the uh, to win the games or go into overtime, and like. I remember reading those uh, back in the day, and so I, maybe it's just like the way it was written, and I was uh, I was formidable, uh, I was forming my own opinions or becoming a, choosing identity around ten years old or whatever, and just stuck with me. And uh, so that was probably my last thing. Was my first first walk into a professional anything, professional sports anything. So obviously, you see the big audience, the big crowd. And how intimidating but it's so exciting and cool it is and uh and they're putting like i remember also like you know they put like the jumbotron on somebody and i remember my dad saying like that if that's on you don't do anything stupid <laughs> <laughs> oh god so knowing brian as long as i have and his dad that's uh that's that's the most authentic uh my father knew me well <laughs> he's like i know you're gonna do something goofy <laughs> don't do it <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. The, the first one that, that kind of pops up to me is um, that 2010 season back to the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I went to three games that season, you know, I ended up driving down three times, um, saw the uh, Raiders lost when they were kind of mailing it in at the end of the season. I was at the, uh, the Ravens playoff, you know, loss and everything, which, which sucked. Um, but the third game that I went to was game three, week three, which was against the 49ers who were a good team at that point. I remember going with my brother-in-law and there was a level of, you know, we were surprised that they were two and oh. And I remember the end of that game, just sitting there pounding on the seats, chanting three and oh and everything. And it was a, uh, you know, I think we're back. Matt Castles, Todd Haley have us going in the right direaction and in Peoria we trust and blah, Tony blah, blah. Tony is the next Tony Moyaki's yeah. the next Tony <laughs> We only draft Tonys to play tight end. It's, uh, it's great. I think we the 49ers out that game, didn't we? Uh, it, it was a it was a stone cold beatdown. I'm pretty sure that it was a it, it was a shutout or close. Uh, yeah, I think it was a shutout. Um, I tell you what, unpopular opinion, but I didn't think Todd Haley got a fair sh shake here in Kansas City. But uh, I'm glad we, you know, we've got Andy Reid. But yeah, a lot of people down on Todd uh, Todd Haley, but I thought Scott Pioli was the. Oh, he was terrible. Yeah, I mean, if I, any if any of that yeah. stuff like bugged offices are true and stuff like yeah, that, I mean, candy that, wrapper in the stairwell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, stuff like that's just horrible. And I mean, I. <laughs> I think we've all worked at places where the culture is just not the best. Yep. And I just can't even think about what would happen if uh, you're working at the bad job, you walk into a conference room or walk out to the parking lot or just do something to go and just vent to a coworker over the phone. And then you later find, um, you know, your, your boss, who's just an egomaniac um, asking you questions that are pretty related to that uh, conversation. I, I don't know how I would tolerate something like that. And I don't really see uh, NFL head coach as one of those jobs. You can just be like, ah, you know, my sanity is more important than this. I've got to quit. <laughs> it's, uh, you yeah. know, it's 32 of, of one of the best job and on, on the planet, you know, and if, and, and if your uh, skill set is coaching football, then, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things you have to have. So I uh, totally understand what you're saying about, um, about Haley and I, I would definitely say that I hold significantly less against him than Pioli. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can take a Matt Castle-led team to the playoffs, man, you you know, you, <laughs> I mean, but 
the next year, Ty, was it Tyler Palco? We were starting oh, yeah. most of that. Yep, you had an affinity for Tyler, Tyler Palco. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, and then we go Romeo Cornell, and I just knew that was a horrible hire. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I said I at, at Tampa when they came to uh, Tampa Bay that year, 2012, I believe. Uh, that was unfortunately a few weeks before uh, the Belcher incident. But I just remember, I think Brady Quinn started that game. Yeah. And Charles, you know, Jamal Charles, one of, you know, one of my favorite Chiefs players, hardly touched the ball. I thought, man, if we could just run the ball and, and you know, we have a shot and, you know, Josh Freeman throws the ball all over the place and, that was just a horrible game to watch. I was that was probably the lowest point of being a Chiefs fan was that year. God, I, I remember when Josh Freeman was a thing. That was weird. That was a Josh that was a Freeman. weird little period of time. Josh Freeman, Grandview yeah. High School man out of Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was uh he he was gonna be uh he was gonna be a thing. He was like the yeah. Big Twelve quarterback that finally got it right until he just didn't. It was crazy. It was uh it was unfortunate unfortunate to watch really. Um, yeah. Hey, Josh, or Brent, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut in here. I hope you don't mind. I think you said Scott Pioli not too long ago. And can I share something with you? Maybe, Josh, can you share it? Like, that's multimedia. And it's one quick joke I made about Scott Pioli 10 years ago. And it was in front of a big audience. And I, I want to share it with you. I even have a timestamp in the YouTube and everything. Just got to click on this if you want to share it with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like hold, hold on. Go for it, Brian. Uh, you are cleared to share your screen. <laughs> okay, great. All right. So I'll say, say the set of this up for you. So whenever I was, uh, I worked at an advertising agency in Kansas City called Platform Advertising. And uh, I, um, I, they, they said like, everyone can go home on Thanksgiving day, a day early if somebody is brave enough to sing uh, Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving Day song. And I immediately volunteered for it because that was not something too fearful. That's only like fun if you ask me. And I made, so, but you know, some of the song has like inappropriate stuff in it. So I had to rewrite it like that morning. <laughs> And this is what I came up with. So here we go. This is from 2012. And I, I look way thinner during these days. I need to get back to this. There you go. Also, you can see all the Peppa Pig stuff. <laughs> that, that, all right. Let me see. If I, I need to share sound here. Hold on here. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Again, Thanksgiving Day song by Adam Sandler. Turkey with gravy and cranberry. Can't believe the Chiefs haven't fired Scott Pioli. <laughs> But that's it. That's all I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What uh, year was that? 2012. November 21st, 2012. 2012. Uh, yeah. yeah. Coming up in 10 years ago. Oh, geez. I need to lose some weight. No, hey, that uh I get these memories on Facebook and stuff, they pop up. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta lose weight. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> like, terrible. Do it now before you get my age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I uh <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, sorry. No. Um, yeah, I, I definitely remember 2012. That, that was just just bad. Just bad. Terrible. Just bad. It's like, are, are we ever going to be good again? Ever? I, they, <laughs> ever? They interviewed me after that. They interviewed me and they go, why Why do you really think Scott Pioli hasn't been fired yet? And my response was, clearly he's the only guy in the office who knows how to fix the printer when it's not working. And yeah. as soon as they upgrade to a Lexmark 4000 with a capacity of 500,000 copies per month, you're going to see some changes around here. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that an onion with uh, Donald Rumsfeld? <laughs> yes, I I stole that from the onion. I only yeah. steal from the funniest people. <laughs> yeah. The, the onion had a thing. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld, the only one at the, the white house that knows how, or the Pentagon or whatever it was that knows how to change the, uh, 
the copy machine toner and that's how he's like look all you got to do is peel the, the you know thing off of this end right here and just kind of shake it a little bit it's not that hard <laughs> I, I, I digress i'm sorry no you're yeah. right I, I still remember that season i think it was jamal charles that 99 yard 98 yard run against yeah. the saints in the third game and i'm still thinking okay we're down one two man we got a shot yep. <laughs> we'd win one more game the rest of the year yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah Oh, geez. Yeah, that uh, that optimism at the beginning of the season when you have a player like Jamal Charles is the thing that was always just the knife that cut the deepest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the thing that I, cut the deepest. <laughs> I brought a memory up with some of my Chiefs friends. I said, hey, do you remember when we used to watch the third string quarterback play? I'm wondering if he was going to be our quarterback of the future. Good times. Hey, remember that Dwayne Hewitt run? That was fun. That was a cool yeah. history. Yeah. Tyler Thigpen. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Well, Brody Croyle was going to be the guy. Oh, yeah. I thought that was, guy was yeah. going to be it, man. I really did. I thought that guy was going to be it. A lot uh, of people like, thought that guy was going to be it. <laughs> Owen Penn is a was, starter. Yeah, you, want, you want a dog on Sammy Watkins. I mean, come on, Brody Croyle. <laughs> broken Croyle is what oh, I Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, broken Croyle. Skeleton of glass on that yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bad. All right. Um, I think I think we've got enough of this to uh, <laughs> last, uh, last a lifetime. Uh, okay, so I think the last uh, couple of things we need to get into. Um, so we're obviously over halfway through the the preseason. So Brent, what are the uh, things that you've kind of noticed in the preseason? What are you looking at, and and what do you think are going to be some of the biggest names cut or the uh, the biggest? Uh, like last guy on the roster type of thing? Well, one of the things I've noticed and I kind of wrote about them is um, I wanted to look at the offensive line. Yep. Um, I wanted to see, we spent a lot of money this off season. Let's see how they do. Um, before the preseason started, I got a little discouraged with the way, uh, I mean, it's Chris Jones, but the way he was kind of manhandling Brown a little bit, Orlando Brown, I kind of like, Oh, did we, you know, make a mistake and get this guy. But after a couple of games, I think we're going to be fine on the offensive line. I mean, I'm, I'm really liking uh, Trey Smith, yeah, uh, yeah. guard out of Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Humphrey, man. I, 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 when we drafted Humphrey, I was like, he's going to be our starter day one. Yeah. Um, I, I made that call, and I, and I still think he's still going to be our starter. I mean, he's started both games now preseason-wise. Um, I think our offensive line is going to be uh, very well. I think it's going to take Mahomes, you know, not to bail out like he did the other night out of mm-hmm. some good pockets uh, but that, that's something he'll adjust to and uh, I you know I think I think where he's going to find out hey he's going to have a little more time this year the other one's wide receiver I wanted to see McCole Hardman um, see if he transitions into you know year three to see if he'll be that that number two you know and I don't know I I didn't I wasn't impressed Friday night um, I know some people said you know he looked really good with Henny and maybe it's Mahomes you know being off pretty much most of the night I I don't know. I wasn't impressed with uh, McCole Hardman. I still think we need a number two somewhere um, to step up. Um, I did. I did like Pringle. I, you know, I think he's you know done very well. Fountain has stepped up. I'd like to see him run with the ones with Mahomes and see if there's a connection there. Uh, Fortson, I think, is going to make this team. Um, you know, just the way he's played and blocked. I mean, you don't find a good tight end to block. You know, anymore. Not saying Kelsey don't block because he does, but. You know, Kelsey's a weapon, you know, on offense. So we're going to need somebody to block, you know, as a blocking tight end. 
And then the other one I wanted to see our pass rush. I think last year we we struggled in the pass rushing um, aspect of the game. Um, unfortunately, we haven't seen Frank Clark. But you know, if we see Frank Clark, is he going to be the same Frank Clark last year where he didn't do much? Um, you know, we we're paying a lot. We're paying a lot of money for a guy that wants to show up in the playoffs, like we kind of did Sammy Watkins. It seems like. Um, you know, I'd like to see Frank, you know, this kind of a contract year for him. I hope he, you know, kind of steps up and we benefit, but I hope we move on next year. And Frank Clark, um, Chris Jones, I mean, that guy, that guy's on an all new level this year. If he can stay healthy, man, he might, you know, he might set some career stats, uh, defensive end and in the middle. Uh, Jordan Reed has uh, stepped up. Um, I like Wharton. Um, that guy, that guy has shined in the two preseason games. Now, it is preseason, but I hope I hope they get opportunities in the regular season. You know, sometimes with Andy, you guys will flash in the regular in the preseason, and you won't see him for, you know, several weeks unless there's an in, injury. So I like that. I think if we can get these guys, man, I like how our our motors running on defense. I mean, I know I think it's Arizona. Um, Murray didn't have Hopkins. I don't think Hopkins played. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember his number he didn't being. Play. No, he didn't. he didn't play. Yeah, but I still thought, man, we. You know, we have he, we were we were uh, we harassed him most of those two or three drives he had defensively, and I think um, our pass rush, if we can get a pass rush this year, it's going to help the secondary tremendously, and uh, we could see a lot better. D, I think we might have a little better defense than 2019 if that pass rush is any case what I've seen in the preseason. But that's that's what I've seen so far. Yeah, man, if we can get if we can get better than our 2019 defense, geez. <laughs> Yeah, might have something there. Um, Chris, any any thoughts uh, piggybacking off of that? Yeah, no, I mean, the, the defense has definitely been impressive. And you know, we, we traded texts on this earlier today, but when you can cut Taco Charlton mm-hmm. and it's not detrimental to your defensive line depth, I mean, that says a lot about where the defense and really the overall roster depth is right now. Um. You know, for me, I think a couple of guys that, you know, one's, one I don't think is in trouble, but he's trending down. And the other guy I do think is in trouble is our fifth round draft picks. Um, Noah Gray really hasn't done much. Um, and, you know, just like you said, Brent, you know, Jody Fortson has been flashing big time. And, you know, I don't think Noah Gray is going anywhere. No. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they keep four tight ends or if, either Blake Bell or, or Noah Gray ends up having to give up a roster spot for Jody Fortson. I, it might come down to that. And then Cornell Powell, I mean, I, I he's really not even been featured much. I don't think he played until the fourth quarter on Friday night, if, I was, if I'm right on that. So, you right. know, to your point, Doris Fountain has been the star as far as, you know, I guess threes go, and even Marcus Kemp has looked better than yeah. Cornell Powell so far. So that's that's where I'm at as far as who who hasn't been looking as good and maybe uh, might might be on the outside looking in. Yeah, and uh, the, the gray thing, I mean, he doesn't have really much of a rap as being a blocker either. So uh, I, I think that that just builds up the case for Fortson. You know, again, somebody's mm-hmm. going to have to block. They're, they're going to have to be able to bring the extra tight end. We're going to have to get better at running the ball. So – uh, have you guys been impressed with the uh, running back situation so far in the preseason games, or do we really think we have anything to look at, or are we thinking that the line's doing better? 
I might I might be an unpopular opinion, but I've liked McKinnon over CH, <laughs> you know, Edward Teller. I mean, I know he banged his ankle up the other day, but man, McKinnon has flashed. Um, I like his speed. Um, you know, I, I think I think Clyde is slow sometimes. I mean, I like the power, but you know, I just think he's he's just slow. And that's that's my opinion. I know, um, and maybe because I wasn't happy we drafted him in the first round <laughs> running back, but uh, you know, I'm I'm giving the kid a chance. I mean, I think he's going to pick up some yards. He did flash last year, but I think uh, I think McKinnon's going to push him um, some playing time over Williams. Um, but I was also going to ask this, you know, talking about Noah Gray. I don't think we're going to give up on him. Um, but do you Probably think not. Yeah. You think Fortson pushes Bell out? I, you know, I think he should. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to happen. But, no, I, I think it should be Fortson pushing out Bell because I'd rather have a tight end who's better at catching than blocking, personally. And Bell is not, you know, he's 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 just a blocker. And maybe I don't think he's done anything yeah. in the preseason, Bell. I'm... He really hasn't done much. Yeah. I yeah. mean, names are Fortson. Gray's got a couple passes, but I don't yeah. remember Bell doing and much of anything we, we don't know much about Noah gray yet so i mean the, yeah. the ceiling is still there for him whereas blake bell you know what the ceiling round, right? is third round pick fifth round fifth, fifth round yeah, yeah yeah so let, let me ask you this do you see a world where you keep four tight ends um yeah i mean i don't know though it's you gotta look at the receiver situation yeah. i mean i'm not i'm not a big um d rob fan demarcus robinson <laughs> Um, I call him Dropinson, but I mean, um, I kind of like to see us move on from him. Uh, yeah. Um, and the way he holds the ball, the way he runs, I mean, he's just a turnover waiting to happen or some stupid, you know, um, decision or, you know, crucial drop. I mean, you know, we bailed him out in that playoff game, but how many, I mean, to start in that Houston game, he had two crucial drops that could have been that game could have been totally different, but, you know, I'm glad the outcome, but I don't know. I just, I, I think we push from him, but you know, if we go less receivers, do we go more tight ends? I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I could see four, four tight ends, but I don't think we've ever done that. I think we've kept just mainly three. So, Are we going to have a fullback this year? Yeah. That um, I don't know his name, but it was a Michael Burton. Burton. Yeah. 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 yeah so, he had a place Friday night. Had a nice yeah. little screen pass, made some mm -hmm. yards. Because, I mean, but, I, I guess that was my thought is, uh, you know, you could run with either one last wide receiver, you could run without a fullback. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, four, four tight ends would be, would be crazy. I, I can't think of a team that's done that, honestly. No, I can't. I can't think, and I don't think Andy's ever gone without a fullback. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he's ever – you know, we don't use him. They're kind of like – you know, I was at that um, – all you know the the all not all star but you know the Pro Bowl game mm -hmm. where, uh, the sausage went off you know and uh, <laughs> I thought man you know there's a weapon and that was two years ago and I think he gets still like one carry two carries a year yeah exactly okay. <laughs> and of course I know it's a it's a it's an all star game you know guys aren't really trying but uh, I just thought he was a weapon so you know mm -hmm. and I saw this guy catch a screen Burton and I think he went. 10, 11 yards on one. I thought there was some burst there, so he could be another weapon, but who knows? Got it. Brian, any thoughts on uh, preseason? 
or are you just ready to be done with us and watching regular season football? <laughs> I think I think I am ready for. Uh, I will say this: I'm, I think I'm ready for regular season, of course. But uh, it's uh, I was just nice. I'm just happy to see football back on the television, right? It's just it's yeah. nice to watch that. Oh, yes. and yeah, anything absolutely. else right now? But um, I don't know. I mean, you guys pretty much covered. I think like the the really the the specific stuff that you know uh, hardcore fans really want to cover. I just I guess I enjoyed seeing Henny uh, do, do, and like the backup QBs do some good stuff over the over the few game the first few games. Uh, seemed like they were like you know really showing what they got and uh, and and you know obviously we. We have our, our weapon uh, number 15, but uh, it's just, you know, when, you know, who would remember whenever Henny had to step up against the Browns, uh, was it the Browns game, whenever the Browns yeah. that was, I had some gray hairs, uh, I think grow that day, uh, but, <laughs> but we made it. Uh, and that was like a, her- like a very heroic moment there. And uh, so the seeing back out there doing this thing and, you know, it looks looking good, looking tight and looking strong and, uh, you know, uh god forbid another situation like that but it's good to know uh that we have uh you know a lot of talent out on the field and we need to do what they, we need to do when we when they are required to do it so i'm excited for that so chris is your boy shane bichelle going to be the third stringer or what, what are we doing and he's looking good i, I mean <laughs> even the, the pick he threw garrick Dieter fell down so i mean that that was the result or the reason yeah. why that happened but yeah, Dieter, i thought yeah, it was man. good that Dieter that fell yeah, Dieter fell. I don't remember. Maybe it was great. Yeah, I, I had to go back and look at it because I was like, it was up the scene, but yeah. Body. <laughs> I know he threw it right into the breadbasket of the defensive yeah. back. But yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, I, I like what I've seen out of Bouchelle. Um, I don't, I hope I don't see Shane Bouchelle playing the regular exactly. season. No offense. But, oh, uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> we, it went horribly wrong if he's our starter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were back in the Tyler Palco era. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> All right. So um, last thing I think we want to talk about before we get into the final takes. Um, so we have the arrowheadkingdom.org site. We talk about that all the time. And what you're looking at on the screen on your left are two uh, talented writers that we have for Arrowhead Kingdom column. And everything that we've seen so far has been from these two gentlemen primarily. And so I guess uh, as we get into the season, Chris and Brent, what are you guys most looking forward to when it comes to um, what we're going to put out on the column? Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. Like I said, this is the first time I, I've did any writing. Um, so I'm looking forward to whether that's pregame, in-game reactions, post-game, whatever. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. You know, something new, you know, kind of a new hobby. So I'm just looking forward to writing about the Chiefs, a team I love and have loved for years. So Sounds good. What are you thinking, Chris? I wrote about this earlier. I'm very curious to see how the line, linebacker position is going to go this year. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about Anthony Hitchens. Um, and then with Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, I mean, as I pointed out, it's, it's, been, it's been a big weak spot on the roster, not just on the defense. And that's going to make a big, big difference, especially inside the 20. If, if you get those three, any two of the three, that can actually uh, do a better job you know, covering the middle of the field and, and going sideline to sideline. Um, I'm really curious to see how they perform during the year and how the metrics play out for them. Got it. So I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to is seeing Chris write about the linebackers being better than we thought. And uh, <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to see 
more of um you know brent's uh, historical wealth of knowledge that he mm-hmm. has working in the lots and watching Derek thomas's car and stuff like that oh, so uh, i'll uh, i'll even throw this out here uh live on the internet i would love to see something from you where you talk about the names that you had for the different players cars <laughs> okay oh, yes. yeah yeah because uh, i i know you had that <laughs> 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 all right um but yes i mean uh Everybody, make sure you keep going to arrowheadkingdom.org. Check out the column every single week. We're going to be putting out um, a handful of things. You'll be able to see some previews and reactions. We're going to have our different articles. And, you know, as you can see, we've got some some passion here. And as a fan community for the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to be, you know, making sure to bring good uh, fan base content. And, you know, keep in mind, Arrowhead Kingdom is the biggest fan community and the Chiefs are the best team in the world, so we have to be the biggest and best fan community in the world. That's just how the math works on this one. So keep checking us out for our column. And let's get into um, final takes. Uh, Chris, I think you have something good, so you can go first. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go off about the Kansas City Royals for a little bit. It's been, I don't know if I'd call it a roller coaster, but I remember back when this team was 16 and nine, I, I believe I was on record saying, you know, I just, I don't see them having staying power, you know, and, and the whole season for me really has not been about contending. Um, they were not ready to contend this year. What it's been about is about development and you're finally seeing it right now. Um, Daniel Lynch, good Lord. I mean, that guy looked like he couldn't, you know, throw out a high schooler. Um, and now he is, I think, dealing against the Astros again tonight. And that's that's huge because Daniel Lynch was supposed to be, I think, the highest graded pitching prospect out of the system. But you have him, you have Carlos Hernandez, you have Chris Bubich. Um, seemingly, all of a sudden, he can throw in the mid-90s. And I didn't know that was possible. But the pitching is what you really have to focus on this year. You know, it's, it's hard not to get caught up in the losses. But seeing that happen, if Brady Singer can keep uh, coming along and maybe Jackson Kowar comes up in September and shows some things. That's really what the season's been about for me, seeing uh, seeing those young guys come up and not just look like they belong in the majors, but look like they're going to be staples in this pitching staff. And then, you know, hopefully next year you start to see the hitters come up. But, you know, don't – I know there's a lot of people that are, are probably frustrated about you know, where they were back in April and where they are now, but um, there, things are, things are coming together, you know, regardless of the record. And I'm, I'm really excited to see them next year and, and excited to see Bobby Wood Jr. next year. And I think Brent, as a guy who's uh, got some proximity to Tampa can uh, definitely tell you if you build a good pitching culture and things of that nature, you can mm-hmm. uh, go some places, whether you have great hitting or not. I mean, the right. Rays, the Rays have essentially built an organization that's kind of kind of like the uh, East Coast version of what the A's are, <laughs> you know, where where they're just going to be yeah. in the conversation more often than not because of really. I mean, I, I look at the Rays as just a team that does pitching better than about anybody else in baseball. They're so innovative in everything they do. It's absolutely it's really cool. And they've got a little bit of hitting, though. I mean, yeah. this season they, they got a little bit of hitting. But no, I agree yeah. with you on the Royals. I mean, that's my team. Um, and I was with you there on the 16 and I'm like, you know, this is not going to last, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I agree with the pitching. It's finally coming along, but that back end, you know, we've, you know, as much as yeah. I love Davis and Greg Holland, man, 
uh, it's oh, time to be for them guys. They'll um, be gone in the off season. Yeah. I mean, it's it is so, tough watching them pitch the way they are now. But yeah. But I love I love the young guys coming up. Perez, man, he's I think he hit number thirty three tonight. Um, you know, it's just a it. I agree with you. I think I don't know if we'd be playoff next year, but I, my, I don't my think thing they will be, be competitive. You know, be a tough, be a tough out. You know, be a tough loss for each, for every team, and and at times this year we've seen that, and other times you're like, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> and if we can just get through these next couple of years with the White Sox not winning anything, then I think we'll be in really good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we just need to see them squander their uh, prime the way the Indians did. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Brent, you got anything for us? Yeah, um, you know, this Friday night is our last preseason game at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be watching the wide receiving core. Um, you know, we're, we're set a hill and, you know, Kelsey. But after that, it's a lot of question marks. Uh, McCall Hardman, Brian, Byron Pringle, um, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, uh, Fountain, you know, who's going to be the number two? I mean, who's going to, you know, step up? And if we only have two weapons, that's going to make de- defenses a lot easier to defend us this year. Now, gra- granted, we do have a weapon in Patrick Mahomes, and and I think we're still going to be a high-scoring offense. But I could see, like last year, we struggled at times within that receiving core uh, to pull away from people. Um, and if we don't have that that strong number two, you know, I could see us, uh, you know, we got – was I was looking at the schedule, the first four games, um, man – Kind of tough. I mean, we got uh, Cleveland. I mean, they're going to come in with a pretty good defense. The Chargers, the Ravens, um, you know, so I think it's going to come down to that receiving core. Who's going to step up? Now, that granted, there's going to be some cuts. Maybe we get somebody in that, you know, like a walk, you know, someone that's got walking skills or something, but more healthy. But I- I'm going to be looking at that Friday night and, and you know, hopefully McCole Hardman can step up and be that number two. Um, I know somebody said, that he stepped in the number one role last Friday night. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize Hill didn't play. Mm-hmm. Yep. So maybe that yeah, was, uh, you last know, last minute scratch. Yeah. Right. So maybe that was some confusion on his part, not being a number one. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, I don't know how, how long the starters are going to play um, if any, but I want to mm-hmm. see that. I want to see the receiver core this, this Friday night. See how they do. Cause that, that defensive back for Minnesota is pretty good. The secondary yeah. uh, pretty good uh, unit. So we'll see. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point about preseason. Um, it's always kind of been a thing where game three is the one where you see what you got. Um, I, I don't know that that's uh, as defined and, you know, game game two might have been the closest for that that we're going to get. So I think so. And that concerns me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I had a hard time watching that saying that we were giving that kind of preseason week three traditional effort, if you will. So, well, you know, in the fourth game, I mean, because this is kind of the fourth preseason game, if you look at it this way, Andy never plays anybody. Yeah, you know, exactly. In the regular season. But uh, exactly. we'll, I mean, to me, Hardman should play. I mean, let's, you know, I agree. If he's number yep. two, he should, he should play regardless who the quarterback is, get him comfortable running the routes and different, and different things. He's got, let's, let's face it, he's got the speed. Um, when he catches the ball, he's a, he's a threat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, does he have the does he have the mentality? You know, yep. can he can he transition to the number three wide receiver to the number two? Yeah, yep. 
Yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, my mine, I'm just going to make this really quick. Uh, if you haven't played before, try fantasy football this year. Make this a new thing that you do. If you haven't played in a while, try it. Um, you'll you'll be surprised how many of your friends and family would be interested in trying to uh, throw away you know, team together for you and, and let you just try and experience it. Um, I like reading Matthew Barry on ESPN's columns and he's a big proponent of this. He's like, you know, try, you never know how much fun you're going to have and what kind of friends you might make. So, Hey, Brian, you want to play in that fantasy league we're putting together? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've, and, been, uh, and, I've, been, <laughs> I've been spitefully and it's, uh, there's really no good reason. It's just like, I've avoided that my like for so long. I'm what 38 now. And it's like, uh, it's like it's time for me to just finally do. It. No, no, this is just honestly. Anyone listening, I have been invited. This isn't like, this isn't like that episode of The Office where they don't think Michael Scott's ever smoked weed because he goes. I don't, they don't think anyone's ever offered him any. It's like no people asked me to join. But he has been Tennessee. to an Alicia Keys concert though with the girl with the lip ring. <laughs> Second yeah. hand. Oh, that was so such a good life. Oh my gosh. Was, I'm looking. For, oh, Josh, can I do my final take? By the way, am I allowed to do my? Own? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, you can do your own final take. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. All right, awesome. All right, production notes. Uh, you're now going to enhance. We're going to enhance production with a thing called timestamps. So uh, go ahead and give those a look if you're watching this via YouTube. Uh, I'll also give them to Josh so he can put them in our uh, in our feed for the um, uh, for the uh, listening podcast uh, part as well. But if you're a YouTube viewer and listener, go ahead and look in the summary section. You'll find uh, you know uh, what breakdown of what we're talking about specifically so perhaps you want to look at listen to one thing specifically a, a take on something that's probably in the news or whatever is going on go ahead and look down there and see what we where we talk about it and that should hope help your listening experience all the better i also want to say uh to piggyback off what chris said about the royals i believe i want to give a shout out to them because it was the first ever sweep of the cubs in chicago that they've ever did so that's I right yeah, so I just want to say that was a big moment. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Wanted to throw that out there. And so, but yeah, timestamps are going to be rolled out uh, this episode and we're going to continue, continue doing that to enhance the viewer and listener experience. And that's all I have to say. All right. Good night, Arrowhead Kingdom. Peace. Peace.